Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Let them deny themselves and take up a, their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who want to lose, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. People have long struggled to understand what Jesus meant by all this. Maybe the best way to understand what it means to take up your cross is to follow Jesus to his. Take notice of who he reaches out to along the way. See the kind of people that he touches and sits down and breaks bread with and look where it gets him. I think we can agree that sometimes you're up and other times you're down. Many years ago, before our girls were even born, I was going to make a quick trip home from Philadelphia to Minnesota to visit family just for a couple of days. Uh, I hadn't been home for quite a while, so I was looking forward to it. I left early on a Wednesday morning and got out of the house in record time. I mean, 20 minutes from the time I woke up, I was on the road and on my way. Uh, it was a beautiful morning and the traffic was moving along pretty well for Philadelphia. It was just going to be a short visit, uh, so I was happy that things were going my way. I pulled into the huge airport parking lot, which was often very difficult to find an open spot in with some time to spare. And as I pulled in, a guy was pulling out of the spot right next to the first shuttle bus stop. So I pulled right in there. Smooth, I thought. This morning could not be going better than it is. Uh, I got out of the car, grabbed my little carry-on bag, and right at that moment, the shuttle bus pulled up. Hopped on the bus, sat down, nodded at the guy across from me, asked him what time it was. 7.40, he said. Perfect. I have about an hour before the flight. I'm in great shape. I was having one of those mornings. A Peter was having one of those mornings in our reading this morning. Jesus and his disciples had covered a lot of ground by this eighth chapter together. Long, dusty trails of walking around, learning, reaching out. Uh, if you have one of those Bibles that puts the little headings over the various sections, you know, kind of indicating what happens in this next passage, uh, then a quick scan leading up to this chapter gives you a good idea. Chapter 1, Jesus heals many people, including a person suffering from leprosy, which made him ritually impure, uh, according to the religion. Chapter 2, Jesus heals a paralyzed man and sits down to eat with sinners. This kind of thing uh, did not sit well with the religious leaders. Chapter 3, Jesus healed someone on the Sabbath. Again, not allowed in his religious tradition. His own family in this chapter thinks that he has likely gone crazy somehow, and he has earned scorn and suspicion from an increasing uh, number of religious elite leaders. Chapter 4, Jesus calms the storm and tells some famous parables. Chapter 5, he cures the demon-possessed man, raises a dead girl, and heals a bleeding woman who had suffered for 12 years. All of these events are loaded religiously as Jesus comes up against 
traditions and norms of his faith. Chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000 and walks on water. Chapter 7, he encounters a woman asking him to ignore his religious customs. A woman asking him for crumbs from his table. And he cures a, a deaf and mute man in one of those weird spit miracles. There's a couple of them. Uh, and then early in chapter 8, feeds, uh, Jesus feeds another 4,000 and heals another blind man. And this is just a small sampling of all that has happened leading us up to where we are today. So somewhere along the dusty trail, Jesus gathers his disciples around him after all of this and asks them, who do people say that I am? This is a fascinating question to ask his closest followers. What are you hearing out there? Who do people say that I am? And they begin to respond with some enthusiasm. Some have said the prophet Elijah. Others have said John the Baptist returned or, or one of the prophets. And this is all pretty high praise. So the disciples are feeling pretty good about their responses and themselves. But then Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And I always picture a kind of awkward silence at this moment. The disciples kind of looking down, kicking the dirt with their sandals. Until Peter finally just steps forward and declares, You are the Messiah. Dang, the other disciples had to be thinking. You know, Peter, he can be a little bit nuts sometimes. Uh, you know, a little bit impulsive. But I wish I had his his faith, if, if not his guts. He said that right out loud. Peter was having one of those mornings when everything is just going your way. Uh, back to my little trip to the airport. At, at the same moment, the guy across from me told me what time it was, 7.40, at that exact same moment, I instinctively reached down to my right pocket, which is oddly where I've always kept my wallet. I did it because I wanted to confirm it was there, but part of my brain knew it was not. And in that same instant, I also knew exactly where it was, on the kitchen counter back home, an hour through rush hour traffic now on the Philadelphia Roads. My morning took a turn in the wrong direction. Uh, I sat there like an idiot as the bus driver stopped at each terminal and announced, you know, Terminal 1, American Airlines, and people got off, Terminal 2, United, all the way down to the end, number 6, Northwest Airlines. I'm the only guy left, obviously that's mine. He said it twice looking in his mirror and I just sat there and he mumbled into his microphone uh, I have one that didn't get off <laughs> that that would be me and so you know because I'm sitting there thinking there's no way I'm getting on the airplane with no ID so I'm formulating my plan now I got to go all the way back to the car back I got to go back home through rush hour traffic, get the wallet, come back, and hopefully I can make the, the flight later in the afternoon. And to be honest, the worst part of the whole deal was going to be facing my wife, Lori, 
who had left on her own trip the day before and on her way out the door said to me, don't forget your wallet, which obviously caused the whole thing to happen. <laughs> and she's not here, so I can, <laughs> I can hold my ground here. So, you know, sometimes you're up, right? And then sometimes you're down, big ways and small. You are the Messiah, Peter declares. And he was on a roll. So when Jesus started talking in the very next breath about suffering and being rejected and even killed, you know, Peter decides to step in with his newly elevated status and clout and correct Jesus, you know, about religion. (laughs) Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Peter took him aside. You know, religion is kind of a private matter, after all. We don't need to air this out in public. But we want to pay close attention here because Mark wants us to notice something in this exchange. Peter had taken Jesus aside a a, a little bit away from the other disciples. But look at what Jesus does. Peter wants it to be private. Jesus is going public. But turning and looking at his disciples, so Peter's here, the disciples are over here, Jesus is talking to Peter, but he's looking at the disciples. And when Jesus is looking at the disciples, he's looking at us, he's looking at the church, his followers. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter. And said, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. I think it's clear that Jesus wanted all of them to feel the sting of his response. And I think he wants us to feel it too. This is no popularity contest, and I'm not here to make you feel better about yourselves. Jesus, I think is saying, I have come to save you from yourselves. And it's going to cost me dearly. It's going to cost me everything. And this journey we're on is far from over. The road you're on is rapidly aging, Dylan's saying. Please get out of the way now if you can't lend your hand. Times they are changing. On Ash Wednesday, we recalled that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after his baptism. Come on, Jesus, Satan said. It doesn't have to be so hard. Everything doesn't have to be about rejection and dying. Just bow to me and I'll put you in charge of all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus said, get behind me. That's how we responded then. And when Peter offered an easier way now in the 8th chapter, Jesus knew right away where this was coming from. Get behind me, Satan. Get out of the new road if you can't lend a hand. Sometimes you're up, huh? (laughs) And sometimes you're down. If any of you want to 
be my followers, Jesus goes on. Let them deny themselves and take up a, their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who want to lose, who, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. People have long struggled to understand what Jesus meant by all this. Maybe the best way to understand what it means to take up your cross is to follow Jesus to his. Take notice of who he reaches out to along the way. See the kind of people that he touches and sits down and breaks bread with and look where it gets him. Who do you say that I am? For one shining moment, Peter got the answer right. But he did not, he could not know or realize in the fullness what it would mean for Jesus to be the Messiah. That understanding would not come until Jesus climbed that final hill outside of Jerusalem known as Calvary. Uh, To finish my little goofy story about trying to get home, I was back in my car facing the prospect of giving up that awesome parking spot. I mean, that was part of the dilemma to me, right next to the first shuttle bus. I can't tell you how lucky that was. And start the long trip home to fetch my wallet. And it occurred to me, for some reason, to go into the trunk of my little Toyota Corolla that I was driving at the time, and I dug through a gym bag I had back there with some racquetball rackets in it and random stuff. And in there I found an old expired YMCA membership card, you know, with the corner clipped because it wasn't good anymore. It had a picture of me on it with a baseball cap on. And I thought, yeah, this, this might do it. So I got back on the shuttle bus, totally relieved that it was not the same driver of the guy I took first time. I hustled up to the gate where the plane was nearly finished boarding. The gate agent said, ID please, and I slid my expired YMCA ID across to her as if it was something other than just ridiculous. And she looked at it and grumbled something about it not being a government-issued ID, but I kind of held my ground and said, well, you know, I I used it last time, and, you know, this was before 9-11, right? It was a different time, and I got on that flight, and I made it home. (laughs) Sometimes you are up, and sometimes you're down. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. And sometimes I am strong and I'm filled with faith and confidence and I say you are the Messiah not only with words but the way I with the way I live my life how I give and serve and and who I'm willing to speak for who's not able to speak for themselves sometimes that's who I am but you know a lot of the time I'm out there in the courtyard Pretending that I've never heard of Jesus. I'm not with him. Before the rooster crows. So, if proper ID is required to experience God's promised future, 
then I am thankful this morning and every morning that it cannot be lost, that identification. It can't be stolen. You can't leave it back home on the kitchen counter. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, marked with the cross of Christ forever in our baptisms. That's who God says that we are. That's our identity. And that, my friends, is always good enough. Always good enough. The line it is drawn, the curse it is cast. The slow one now will later be passed. As the present now will later be passed. The order is rapidly fading. And the first one